How many of you have ever thought that the Bible was a weird book? Any of you have ever been like, wow, this book is a weird book? The Bible is a weird book. For starters, the Bible is so long, 1,189 chapters to be exact. If you've ever read the Bible, you know that it can be super boring. There's like genealogies, there's stories about ancient cultures and poems and weird laws and rules about everything from clothing to diets and sacrifice and what comes out of our bodies and why and when and how that affects how you can worship God. And it's very awkward. And the Bible is not only hard to read, but it's even harder to understand because you can read it, but that doesn't necessarily mean you understand it because there's weird stories about violence and kings and an entire book about sex and talking animals and genocide of mass amounts of people. And what's weird is that if you're a follower of Jesus, you've essentially based a lot of your life on the stories that are found in this very, very weird book which contains stories like these. Deuteronomy 25. When men fight with one another and the wife of the one draws near to rescue her husband from the hand of him who is beating him and puts out her hand and seizes him by the private parts, then you shall cut off her hand. Your eye shall have no pity. Or this from Judges 3. And Ehud reached with his left hand, took the sword from his right thigh and thrust it into his belly. And the hilt also went in after the blade, and the fat closed over the blade, for he did not pull the sword out of his belly, and the dung came out. It's in the Bible. A little awkward. Or this from 1 Kings chapter 2. Then he, Elijah, went up from there to Bethel. And as he was going up the road, some youths, could be you, came from the city and mocked him and said, go up, you bald head, go up, you bald head, doubling down on the insult. So he turned around and looked at them and pronounced a curse on them in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the youths. Very weird story of a prophet of God to sick a bunch of bears on children. But that's not as weird as it gets, because in the New Testament, you also have some weird stories like this one. A young man was following him, that's Jesus, wearing nothing but a linen sheet over his naked body, and they seized him, but he pulled free of the linen sheet and escaped naked. Or take Jesus himself. Early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again, and immediately the tree withered. Seems like Jesus got pissed at a tree because it didn't have any fruit, was like, die, and the tree died. Or this last one. This is complicated. As in all the churches of the saints, the women should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, but should be in submission, as the law also says. If there is anything they desire to learn, let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. Now, if you're thinking, what do all of these stories have to do with youth? What does this have to do with the Bible? What does this have to do with Jesus? What is this book? I'm glad you asked, because we are starting a brand new series tonight called Heaven on Earth. Now, 
In this series, we're exploring the story of the Bible. So we're going to unpack Genesis, the story of Israel, of who Jesus is, and what this whole Christian story is all about and what it means for me and you. But instead of trying to tackle the 1,169 books of the Bi- or chapters in the Bible, we've condensed it, and we have six chapters that we're going to look at. Everybody with me so far? How many chapters? Six. Great. Here they are. Number one, the garden. That's what we're going to talk about next week. Number two, the problem. Number three, Israel. Number four, Jesus. Number five, now. And number six, the end. We are going to dive into each chapter and see how that chapter leads us through the whole story of the Bible and what it means for us as we follow Jesus here in Spokane in 2022. For tonight, Our main goal is to lay a foundation for what we hope to build on over the coming weeks so that we don't get lost in the story because there's a lot involved and we don't want to lose track of where we are in the story. So spoilers, two key ideas for tonight. If you're not taking notes, write this down. If you are taking notes, write this down. First, the Bible is a story. It is really important as we get into this series to remember that the Bible is a story. Secondly, it is important for us to remember that the story is all about heaven on earth. All right, the story is all about heaven on earth. So first, the Bible is a story. It is not just a bunch of random disconnected stories, but it's one story told over thousands of years. And sure, there's little stories in there, as we read, that all play a part in the greater story. But it's important for us to remember that when we come to the Bible, we're looking at one story that has taken thousands of years to develop and to learn together. Imagine you have a tree, all right? Let's say you go on a walk in a bowl and pitcher, and you see one of those massive, beautiful trees. It looks amazing and beautiful now, but it obviously didn't start like that. It's not like you just like go and buy one of those trees and then just plant it in the forest right? The tree didn't just appear out of nowhere. It at one point was a tiny seed, something that you could hold in the palm of your hand. And now, even though it's bigger than a semi-truck, it didn't start like that. And the way that a seed ultimately becomes a massive tree is a lot like the story of the Bible. The story of the Bible starts off like a seed that has so much potential and so much beauty yet to unfold. And over the course of years and years and years through all these different circumstances, it gets to what you and I are living in right now. So the Bible is one story. So anytime you read this book, the Bible, you need to be asking yourself, where am I in the story? Am I in the beginning? Am I in the middle? Am I at the end of the story? Where am I? How can I locate myself in the story? So first, the Bible is a story. Secondly, the story is all about heaven on earth. Now, next week, as I mentioned, we're going to start the story in the Garden of Eden. But before we get to chapter one, I wanted to do a big summary of the whole story very quickly. All right. If you are like me and you grew up in church, you grew up going to church and you've been in church for a while and maybe you've heard messages or stories about the Bible, chances are you have some idea of what the story of the Bible is. For me, I grew up believing, essentially, this was the story of the Bible. This was in my head. This is what I grew up learning at church. God created the world, and it was beautiful, and it was great. 
and Adam and Eve were in the garden and everything was wonderful. And then the talking snake deceived Adam and Eve and they ate this mysterious fruit they weren't allowed to eat. And then the whole world broke. And then thousands of years later, Jesus came and Jesus was like, it's all good. God sent me to die for you so that when you die, you don't have to go to the bad place. You can go to the good place. So all of us live our life. We try to do good things. Sometimes we do some bad things. And we try to live our life in a way that like the good stuff outweighs the bad. And we get to the end of our life. And when we die, we'll stand before God and there's this judgment. And we will be asked, did you believe in Jesus? Did you ask Jesus into your heart? Did you do the things that I asked you to do? And if your answer to those questions is, yes, I believed in Jesus. I tried to do good in the world. I didn't do anything super bad. God's going to be like, all right, here's the deal. At the very end, if you believe the right things, you get to go to the good place. If you don't believe the right things, though, regardless of how you lived your life, sorry, you're going to the bad place. And in the end, everybody has a choice between going to the good place or the bad place. And what it comes down to is, did you believe certain things? How did you live your life? And in the end, the world's going to burn up anyways, and some people are going to spend forever in the bad place, and some of us who believed in Jesus are going to spend forever in the good place. The world's going to burn, and we're going to go off to some cloudy heaven somewhere and have a mansion and streets of gold, and it's going to be amazing. That is essentially what I grew up believing was the story of the Bible. You may be thinking to yourself, Loki, that's kind of what I thought the story of the Bible is, give or take a few sarcastic comments. Now, the story of the Bible is actually a lot more like a story about heaven on earth. And if you're asking yourself, okay, what does that mean? I'm going to show you right now. So in the Bible, the ideas of heaven and earth are ways of talking about God's space and our space. So I understand our space really well. We live here. There's trees, rivers, mountains. But my understanding of God's space gets a little fuzzy. And what we do get in the Bible are images trying to help us grasp God's space, which is basically inconceivable to us. So these are two very different types of spaces. Yes, they're, they're different in their nature, but here's what's really interesting is that in the Bible, these are not always separate spaces. So think of heaven and earth as like different dimensions that can overlap in the same exact space. So we talk a lot about going to heaven after we die, but this idea of heaven and earth overlapping, we don't talk a lot about that. Which is kind of crazy because the union of heaven and earth is what the story of the Bible is all about. How they were once fully united and then driven apart and about how God is bringing them back together once again. So let's go back to the beginning where heaven and earth, they're completely overlapping. Yeah, this is what uh, the Bible's description of the Garden of Eden is all about. It's a place where God and humanity dwelt together perfectly, no separation, and, and humans then partner with God in building a flourishing, beautiful world and so on. But as humans, we wanted to do things a different way. We wanted 
God out, and we wanted to create a world apart from him. Yeah, so we have these two spaces now. And the Bible actually uses lots of different kinds of words and phrases to refer to these two spaces to make a clear distinction. So you've said that these spaces can overlap, though. So explain how that works. Yeah, this is where we have to start talking about temples. Because in the biblical world, you experience God's presence by going to a temple. That's where heaven and earth uh, overlap. Now, there are two types of temples described in the Bible. One is a tabernacle, basically a tent that was built by Moses. And the other was this massive building made by Solomon. And these temples were decorated with fruit trees and flowers and images of angels and all kinds of gold and jewels and so on. And these are designed to make you feel like you're going back to the garden. And at the center of the temple was a place called the Holy of Holies, which was like the hot spot of God's presence. Now we can go and be with God again. But not so fast, because the temple also creates a problem. So God's space is full of his presence and goodness and justice and beauty, but human space is full of sin and injustice and the ugliness that results. So how do these spaces overlap if they're so different and they're in conflict with each other? This was resolved through animal sacrifice. Yeah, that's kind of weird. What do animal sacrifices have to do with this? Yeah, the the idea is this. Animal sacrifices, somehow they absorb the sin when the animal dies in your place. And it creates a clean space, so to speak, where you are now free to enter into the temple and be in God's presence. Okay, so if I'm an Israelite and I live in Jerusalem, I might be able to be in God's presence. But you said the story of the Bible is all of heaven and earth reuniting. Right. So we have to keep going in the story where we come to Jesus in the New Testament. And in the Gospel of John, we hear this claim that God became human in Jesus and made his dwelling among us. Now, this word dwelling is really curious. Literally, it means he set up a tabernacle among us. And so what John is claiming right here is that Jesus is a temple. He is now the place where heaven and earth overlap. What's interesting about Jesus is that he isn't staying in this safe, clean space. He's running around, hanging out with sinners. He's healing people of their sicknesses and forgiving people of their sins. He's basically creating little pockets of heaven where people can be in God's presence, but he's doing it out there in the middle of the world of sin and death. And he keeps telling everyone that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he even told his followers to pray regularly that God's kingdom come and that his will be done here on earth, just as it is in heaven. But a lot of people are threatened by Jesus and they kill him, which seems to spoil this whole plan to reunite heaven and earth. But we we have to go back to a scene earlier on in Jesus' story where John the Baptist saw Jesus and said, behold, this is the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So Jesus isn't just talked about as being a temple. He's also talked about as being the temple sacrifice. Yeah, so so the cross is now the place where Jesus absorbs sin to create a clean space that is not limited like animal sacrifices. Jesus' sacrifice has the power to keep spreading and spreading and reuniting more and more of heaven and earth. And this is all really great, but it leaves one big question in my mind, which is, what happens when I die? Don't I just fly over to God's space to be with Jesus. Yeah, so a few times in the New Testament, we learn that Christians will be with Jesus in heaven after they die, but that is not the focus of the Bible's story. 
The focus is on how heaven and earth are being reunited through Jesus and will be completely brought together one day when he returns. So in the book of Revelation, we get this beautiful image of the Garden of Eden, now in the form of a city, coming to end the age of sin and death by redeeming all of human history in a renewed creation. And God's space and human space completely overlap once again. We believe the best way to understand the Bible is to look. Okay, so the story of the Bible, as opposed to a story about how to get to the good place when you die, is actually a story about how we're working to see heaven come to earth, to bring healing and peace and justice to a world that was and still very much is broken. So the question is, what happened? How did all of this start? What went wrong? What happens next? Well, we're going to dive into that next week, so you have to come back and see what happens in the story. But for now, just remember, one, the Bible is a story, and two, the story is all about heaven on earth.